To anyone who's joining us today for the first time or the first time in a long time, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. At Ascension Parish, it is our mission to help people along the path to a better life through Jesus Christ. And while each of us has a unique path, none of us have to walk that path alone. That's why we are such a big proponent of small groups. Small groups are the place where our big church gets small and the people who are in small groups are are challenged by people who care about them and lovingly supported as they take their next step in discipleship. We have a number of groups that are launching or are starting again for Lent this week and we would love you for you to have that experience. After Mass in the back, um, there is a table that will have the groups that are, have openings, the times. There are men's groups, women's groups, mixed groups. Some groups are on Zoom but most groups are in person. Last week someone said, joining a small group is the most important thing that I've done for my faith. And that's what we want for you. If you're going to take a picture with your phone and then post it online, very often you're gonna apply a filter to it so it looks better. I know for me, if I'm gonna take a picture of myself that I'm gonna post online, I'm gonna put a filter on it so that it looks like I have a nice tan. Similarly, when we think about ourselves, others, or things in the world, very often we view them through a filter. Maybe it's the filter of your past experience, maybe it's the rose-colored glasses of your wishful thinking, or maybe it's the dirty windshield of your cynicism. Whatever it is, filters change how we see things. And if we're honest, some of these filters need to go. We are in a new message series for the beginning of Lent. This is week one, and you guessed it, the name of the series is Unfiltered. (laughs) During this season of spiritual purification and growth, we want to remove the filters so that we can more fully be who God created us to be. In our gospel today, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the desert where he will fast for 40 days and 40 nights and then be tempted by the devil. And in this, we see the pattern of our Lenten observance and our works of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer helps us know God's closeness. It helps us see his hand in our lives and it helps us receive the inspirations that are indications of his will. Fasting helps us know our dependence on God because when we go without something we like, we can better see what's really important. And then there's almsgiving. Almsgiving both atones for sin as well as it lightens the load that others have to carry. In each of the temptations that Jesus faces, the devil is trying to make him step away from the Father's plan. In old cartoons, you know, they used to depict the devil on on one shoulder and then they would 
put your guardian angel on the other shoulder. Usually the devil would be there telling the person to do something bad, and then the guardian angel would be there telling the person not to do something bad. From this image, we might think that God and the devil are equal in their power, but that's just not true. The devil was cast out of hell and the victory was definitive and he was definitively defeated on the cross. Further, you might think that the devil just wants to make people have you know, pleasure and to make their lives easy, but that's false too because what the devil wants is for us to be miserable. The devil wants us to be miserable in this life and then forever in the next. As the saying goes, misery loves company. And the reason the devil tempts us with cut corners, sins, illicit pleasures, or anything else is because he knows that they actually leave us empty and miserable in the long run. God, on the other hand, God works in his life because he loves us and because he wants what's best for us. So you could say that Billy Joel is mistaken when he sings, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints because the sinners have much more fun. No, no. Sin doesn't satisfy. In the first temptation, we heard the devil say, if you were the son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. Now the irony here is that it's Jesus who always feeds us with the truth. And here we see the devil trying to exchange truth for a lie. And this happens in our lives too when we allow destructive patterns of thinking or acting to take root in our souls. And that's what sin does. It promises something that it cannot give. Sin can't give us lasting happiness, fulfillment, meaning, purpose, or anything else, but very often that is in fact the filter which we look through. That's why Lent and desert experiences are so important. They strip away good things so that we can clearly see the bad that has to go. It's addition by subtraction. Many people experienced this during the lockdown of the pandemic. You couldn't do all you were accustomed to do, so a lot of what you could do took on greater significance. With the, with the filter of busyness, for instance, stripped away, many people were able to enjoy in a bigger way you know, family meals. In the second temptation, the devil places Jesus at the top of a high wall at the temple and he says to him, if you were the son of God, throw yourself down. And Jesus responds, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Once I heard somebody who should have known better say, I used to pray, but one time I prayed for something and I didn't get it so I stopped praying. What a sad filter to 
view life through. Because sometimes prayer changes things, but sometimes prayer changes us. And there are three ways that God answers our prayers. Yes, not yet, or I've got something better that I wanna give you. And the third and final temptation, the devil shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and says, all of these I will give to you if you prostrate yourself and worship me. This is what the devil does when he recognizes that our faith, hope, and love are too strong and that it's unlikely that he's going to get us for hell. So his goal becomes diminishment. He'll still let your light shine but he just wants it to shine not so bright. You could have the prime rib, but the devil wants you to settle for the Salisbury steak. (laughs) You were made for greatness, but then the devil wants you to settle for mediocrity. Here's the tough part. The prime rib costs a lot of money and it takes longer to cook. The Salisbury steak is cheap and you can chuck it in the microwave. (laughs) To be fully who God created you to be requires effort and suffering. And this is not incompatible with joy. In fact, it is essential for joy because complacency turns us in on ourselves, but struggle opens us up to God and to others. And that's where you grow and find happiness. And those are two essentials for joy. So when we sense the world, our flesh, or the devil trying to pull us down, we should make Jesus' words our own and say, get away, Satan. And then the gospel scene ended with angels coming and ministering to Jesus. Friends, our joy is not going to be full until we turn away from cheap substitutes and let the Father fill us. Our joy is not going to be full until we turn away from cheap substitutes and let the Father fill us. So as we stand here at the beginning of our Lenten observance, I urge you to do three things. First, Decide what you're going to do for Lent, for prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and then write it down on these sheets that we have in the back because the act of writing it down sets you up for success. Second, don't be afraid of denying yourself and then entering into this austerity of Lent because that will help you remove the filters so that you can more fully be who God created you to be. And third and finally, be ready. Be ready for everything that God wants to do in your life.